Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccan. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Every time you do that, every time you do uh-huh. that, it's, I feel like I'm about to get into some kind of freestyle or something. There's a cadence to it when you do, 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 do. I get so hyped. Have you been listening to a lot of hip hop recently? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got to send you some stuff as well. I've been listening to some amazing things. I almost caught, I was in Vegas. uh, Circumstances found me in Vegas this past weekend, and I almost ended up at at a weird party with some notable people. But being lame, I went to my hotel and read a book. Yeah, you did. Wink. (laughs) He did, and he totally ran that party. You think so? Yeah, I'm looking at Noel over here. I don't think he did, dude. I think he's telling the truth. How uh, did you guys have a good weekend? Yeah, had a great weekend. Hey, I played a lot of that uh, Detroit Becoming Human. It was the free game on the PlayStation Network what? in July. Know. 
Oh, cool. Uh, totally worth it. Best game I've played in a long time. Highly recommend it if you're into story. If you want some complex uh, gameplay, mm-hmm. don't don't do it. But if you just want to learn about how androids will one day, you know, become a free and independent people, uh, go for it. In Detroit, they'll become human in Detroit. Yeah, right? they'll, they'll. Well, in my case, I won't spoil it for anybody. <laughs> Things turn out well. That's good. I've got to say, it's so it's so weird that we don't do more video game stuff. I would love to play a video game called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know with that weird hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day we'll, we'll mess with some video game type folks. I really like old, like, video games that tied in with movies that looked nothing like the movie, like on Nintendo. You know, it would be like Back to the Future, the game, but you'd just be like this little blocky mm-hmm. Marty McFly. And, yeah. You know, like, remember E.T. the game? That was the, yeah. where I was just mm-hmm. going to mention that. Yeah, E.T. the game, one of uh, the universally agreed worst video games ever. Yeah, I think the, I think there's they dumped them all in a landfill. Yeah, a there's landfill. a mass grave. Yeah, exactly. See, but in our video game, you'd get uh. to choose to be one of us or Paul. And you would go through and you'd have to solve conspiracies with the help of the others. It would be a multiplayer game. You could have four people at once playing, right? Can you play solo? You can totally play solo. Okay. That's how I would play it. Okay. But what I'm saying is if you were into playing together, you guys could investigate, go down uh, different leads. You report back. Ben's found out everything uh, about the black hand. Uh, I've been busy over here with an extraterrestrial angle. So for some reason, they're connected. Then we figure out the next place to go. I'm telling you, this video game rules. Uh, get at me. And Ben and Noel and, and Paul, whoever you are, you video game developers out there. Yeah, tell us your idea. If you had if you had a video game about your own personal experience, what would it be? You don't have to write it all out. You can call us and give us your three-minute pitch. We are 1-833-STDWYTK. If you're a longtime listener, you can probably tell that we're all we're all film buffs here or voracious sponges of story and information. Uh, we we enjoy that in terms of video games, in terms of music, art, uh, and, you know, film and books and so on. And we were talking a little bit off air about Tom Cruise, who will be familiar to all our fans of Tom Cruise Control, mentioned in an earlier episode. In 2017, the actor Tom Cruise starred in a film called American Made. American Made follows the highly fictionalized life and times of a real-life pilot named Barry Seal. A pilot amongst other things. A pilot amongst other things. And we asked – oh, I forget to – Paul, Mission Control, how are you doing today? All right. We've got a good thumbs up. Uh, and Paul, you also gave a thumbs up to American Made. Is that correct? That's official. Double thumbs. Wow. Nobody wants to know how I'm doing? Wait a second. I asked how you guys were doing. That, was my, that was my fault. Yeah, I, I said, how are you guys doing? How, did you I guys derailed it and I sent it to Ben. That was my fault. No, no, no. No, 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 no it's cool. Tell me what's, cool. what's up in your life, Noel. Did oh, you go man. on that date we talked about? I did go on a date. It's true. I saw a fantastic movie that you guys should all see called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's kind of like a, a weird – it kind of fits in with our show because it's got this weird kind of alternative history version of San Francisco where like everyone that grew up there has been forced out, which is not uh, made up at all. That's absolutely what's happening. But there's this backdrop of this kind of like toxic event that they never really name. But like the fish are poison and like the water is all poison. And the whole thing has this like kind of crazy Terry Gilliam or like Michelle Gondry kind of vibe. Uh, I really recommend it highly. Very dreamlike, very powerful, uh, very very special movie. I liked it a lot. 
Done. What were the uh, what were the ratings or reviews? They were good. They were very good. But um, I, I just yeah, I, I think it's something. It's hard to describe, and I'm not even going to bother trying too hard. But something that you guys should all see. I think. Well, the movie we're talking about today, American Made, mm-hmm. has some pretty dang good ratings, at least according to Rotten Tomatoes. Right, one of the premier rating sites. Can you lay those numbers on us? Yeah, let's let's give it to you. Critics gave it eighty six percent. The audience gave it seventy eight. Now, generally, gotta say those two numbers are flopped. Uh, where the critics will give it a slightly lower rating and then audience members will enjoy a movie a little bit better than the critics perhaps gave it uh, uh, cr- cr- gave it credit for. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but in this movie, in this case, the critics really liked it. And here's the question. Would those ratings change if the film were to follow the true story of Barry Seal, the story that even today runs rife with the stuff they don't want you to know? So here are the facts. We've been throwing this name around a lot. Barry Seal. Who is Barry Seal? Barry Seal was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana on July 16th, 1939. And his father was a candy wholesaler and a Klansman. Yeah, he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan, which – you know, that sounds like uh, on the conspiratorial side today, but at the time, it was pretty commonplace for white dudes in Baton Rouge. Sad but true. Uh, so Barry grew up obsessed with airplanes, and he took his first solo flight at 15, uh, one year before he actually got his uh, legit pilot's license. And then not too long after that, he worked for one of those companies that have, like, the the banners that are towed behind the planes for advertising, which is a thing that I've always – been fascinated by, like, who is that person that does that? It was Barry Seal. And it's a great idea for a prank, too. It's in my secret list of dream pranks is to uh, to take one of those advertising banners. This is the most Sith Lord version. Take an advertising banner, hire someone to fly out a banner that says, will you marry me? And just hear the relationships crumble around the city for anyone who accidentally looks up and then their their significant other goes, oh, my God, yes, I will. (laughs) Yeah, I've always thought that was a pretty, like, blunt instrument way of uh, doing that, right? Yeah. You know, in general. It's pretty inconsiderate. Super inconsiderate, man. Ruining everybody's beach day. Mm -hmm. So uh, to uh, jump back to Barry Seal really fast, you guys. Yes. um, It's fascinating here is one of the first things we've learned about him is that prior to even getting a pilot's license, he's bending the rules a little bit and taking a solo flight, Mm -hmm. something that is both irresponsible really dangerous to himself, but also uh, um, adventurous, right? Sure, Um, yeah. He's an adrenaline junkie. Adrenaline junkie living on the edge of the rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also has myopic obsessions. To be fair, it's safe to say that many, many people in this country, in the U.S., do something similar when they're learning to drive cars, right? Your your parents or an older person or someone with a license will take you out to a parking lot and generally law enforcement will look the other way as this 14-year-old is just stripping <laughs> a clutch, you know? But, but it's a little different, I would argue, with planes, right? Yeah. And his obsession with flight in general would lead him to the first steps on his long, controversial, conspiratorial, and ultimately fatal career – He joined the Civil Air Patrol in 55 and he stayed based in Baton Rouge and he took part in a Civil Air Patrol joint training mission with the New Orleans unit that was run by a guy named David Ferry. David Ferry 
later will be a peripheral figure in the JFK assassination. And that's not all of the connection between this character, Barry Seal, and the JFK assassination. Whatever do you mean? I mean, there's somebody else that allegedly he met, at least according to another um, Civil Air Patrol uh, member, a person named John Odom. They say that Seal actually encountered Mr. Lee Harvey Oswald while he was training. Oh, oh, that's true. But wait, wait. There's more. As more? Billy, as Billy Mays was wont to say, yes. Tosh Plumley, another figure later related to the JFK assassination. That is a great name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Tosh Plumley. I yeah. love that. It sounds like a character in Clue. Yeah, it really does. Uh, he claims that Barry Seal began working for the CIA in the mid-1950s. Mm. Uh, we have a quote from Tosh on this. I think Tosh Plumley would sound like a... Barry Seal was involved with military intelligence in the early days. Military intelligence was the real game, with the CIA just acting as logistical people. Barry was a peripheral player back then, but he was a CIA contract pilot all the way back to 1956 or 57. Now remember, this is Baton Rouge. Doesn't matter. This is how Plumley sounds, my man. He's an aristocrat of the highest order. And Seal would later in sworn testimony deny any affiliation with the CIA whatsoever in any shape, form or fashion. That will come up later. Let's keep going. In 1958, he began ferrying weapons to Fidel Castro fighting against the Batista regime in Cuba. At the same time, a section of the CIA was supporting the overthrow of the Batistas. So if he said he had no involvement, I guess he was he was just another contractor and maybe maybe Castro had like a 4.30 p.m. appointment with the CIA and a 5.15 appointment with Barry Seal. Who knows? Or maybe he wasn't actually meeting – like here's the tough thing. It seems as though if you are going to be flying weapons in – to a group like uh, a, a, at least any member of Fidel Castro's resistance force, you are going to – it's going to be a known mission, right? There's going to be a lot of handling that occurs with that. It's not just, oh, hey, I'm going to – I'll be there around three. See, see you in a little bit, Fidel guys, Fidel's dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just what I'm saying is it was certainly under the radar when it was occurring, right, with authorities, or at least it would have to be, unless it was explicitly known that this was occurring as a mission and part of the CIA. So, yeah, that's that's another part because astute listeners, you just heard us say the CIA was at the time supporting the overthrow of Batista. However, the policy changed soon after Castro gained power and Barry Seal apparently started taking part in air attacks on the emergent new government. Either way, they liked what he's doing. 1959, he became a CIA pilot in Guatemala. It's true. And we were – I'm just trying to point out some things here that have to do with themes with Barry's life, right? This idea of possibly playing both sides there, mm-hmm. of both supplying – the new regime with weapons, but then also participating in tax once they've gained power. Exactly. Kind of a fair weather friend at the very least. Right? Exactly. So let's go, let's go to 1959. Now he's in Guatemala and he's officially a CIA pilot. He is officially a CIA pilot in Guatemala. It's also believed he was involved in training Cuban exiles on 
No Name Key, another excellent name, in Florida and on the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain in Louisiana. He also ran a couple of companies based in his hometown, Baton Rouge, Seal Sky Service and Aerial Advertising Associates. That's the the banner thing we talked about earlier. He had an office in the International Trade Center run by Clay Shaw. Can we just talk about Aerial Advertising Associates? Sure. Triple A? Uh-huh. I mean, first of all, you're going to get in trouble just with those A's, right? You can't you can't just use all three A's. Come on. There's a big company out there. They're going to take you down. But the other thing is it sounds like some kind of CIA front, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. When we've – over the course of this show, every CIA, FBI front has the most banal name to it of the most – this is exactly what this thing is. Mm-hmm. Uh it feels very much like that to me. I'm not saying it was a CIA front. Just saying. Sure. It's like legitimate business partners associated LLC. Yeah. American – no, not American Airlines. What was it called? What was the, the big one? Air America. Air America. Yeah. <laughs> how, could you, how could you hate that? Do you hate America? <laughs> So in 1962, December, he joins the 21st Special Forces Group. He attends the Fort Benning Jump School. In 63, the next year, he's assigned to Company D Special Operations Detachment of the 20th Special Forces Group Airborne. In 64, he joins the 245th Engineer Battalion based in St. Louis. He leaves there in 66. Uh, he serves in the Louisiana Army National Guard, the Army Reserve. He joins TWA, Trans World Airlines, in 1968 as a flight engineer and later becomes one of the youngest command pilots in the entire fleet. So he loves flying. He's good at it. You just can't entirely trust that he will have your back when the chips are down. Yeah, and he has had a lot of involvement with various military groups. It's it's he's an experienced guy by the time uh, he's not that old. Yeah, exactly. Was he born 39? Yep. Wow. So not even 30. And his shady and at times contradictory career finally caught up with Barry Seal on July 1st, 1972. He was arrested in New Orleans. He was accused of sending C-4 explosives to anti-Castro Cubans based in Mexico. A DC-4, that was a plane he was flying, was seized at the Shreveport Regional Airport loaded with around 7 tons of plastic explosives, 7,000 feet of explosive primer cord, and 2,600 electric blasting caps. So this was going to be one hell of a party. And then James Miller, Richmond Harper, and Marlon Hagler, uh, and also uh, someone named Murray Kessler, were arrested along with Seal. And Kessler's partner, a man by the name of Manny Gambino, uh, was kidnapped around the same time the others were arrested. Very fishy. Uh, And Gambino's corpse was later found in a New Jersey garbage dump. Some mob stuff right here, right? This is that Gambino, clearly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, then the plot just continues so, to thicken yeah. after that. because it's like a nice roux at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very nice and all. Um, because that plane, the DC-4, was actually owned by this guy named James Boy, who was, in fact, an associate, a known associate of the CIA. James Boy. Uh, <laughs> what a terrible, what a terrible <laughs> Jim, name. Jimmy Boy. Jim What's Boy. the other guy? Plumley and Boy? Yeah. Tosh Plumley and Tosh, James Boy. That's great. These sound like made-up names. I love it. Well, here's – again, there, there are these weird um, – This is a web. This is a, yeah. a string in the web. It's literally a Gary Webb. And uh, so this guy, James Boy, his aircraft later 
was used by Oliver North essentially mm-hmm. to uh, to send mercenaries hired by him to fly in and out of Honduras. Which again, we've got three points of connection here already that are just uh, mind blowing. Right, right. Maybe not enough connections to jump to a conclusion. No. But three points is what you need to climb up a conspiracy mountain, right? There you go. So the man who organized the entrapment of SEAL, the reason he got caught with all these explosives and uh, that his friends got caught as well, was a guy named Cesario del Estado, uh, an official with U.S. Customs. It took the authorities over two years to bring SEAL and co. to trial. And then things got really fishy. So the trial finally gets underway, June 1974. But government prosecutors do something that automatically, without question, sinks the case. They introduce into evidence an automatic weapon that has nothing to do with the charges against the defendants. None of them have ever touched. The chain of custody is completely unrelated to them. And so a mistrial is declared. Seal and his buddies are released. No probation, uh, no monitoring, no sentencing. This was not to be his first arrest. And this is about a plane filled to the brim with explosives. Okay, not quite that large, but enough explosives, like we said, to do serious damage somewhere. And they just get let off. Mm. Yep. Uh, this this is also going to become a pattern in the life of SEAL. This was not to be, of course, his final arrest. Uh, but what we can see is that evidence indicates that at every step along the way, someone, some suit would step in and take over the investigation. After Barry's first arrest, his career takes off, or maybe it's more appropriate to say it veers off in a darker, more sinister direction. And we'll, we'll, tell, we'll examine a little bit about that. But first, let's talk about his death. This is the hinge of today's episode. And we'll talk about it right after a quick word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. 
I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. On February 19th, 1986, Barry Seal was shot to death by a machine gun in front of a Salvation Army facility located on Airline Highway in his hometown of Baton Rouge. And I, I believe we can play a little clip of the reporting. Yeah, this will be a really short clip from NBC. He used to smuggle drugs, then he got caught and he became one of the government's most valuable informants in the war against cocaine. But last night in Louisiana, Barry Seal's enemies caught up with him and killed him. Tonight, three men are in- so Barry's murder ends a DEA investigation. The investigate the Drug Enforcement Agency. The investigation was never resolved; has not been to this day. And according to some sources, the murder was never truly solved either. And just to continue with this web motif that we're already starting to create here and all of the themes, we realized that Barry's death connected directly to a two-part series we made in 2016 called Banks, Drugs, and Money that was based on a film called The Infiltrator. Right. Yeah. And Barry Seal appears in The Infiltrator, which is inspired by true events. I, I believe he has a different sort of death in this story though. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, because you know, in the in the series, we're talking to Robert Mazur, right? And he was this DEA agent who went undercover, and he ended up busting up part, at least, of Pablo Escobar's drug trafficking cartel, and then sinking an international bank that was connected to the to that cartel. And in this movie, there there's a scene where Robert Mazur's character is being driven around by Barry Seal. And Barry Seal's character is complaining, essentially complaining, about Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan and the anti-drug movement, um, talking about his high-level connections with government officials, essentially, and how he's been doing this stuff, um, trafficking drugs for the government, essentially. I didn't clock at all that that was him in the movie. Interesting. Yeah, it's he's introduced and it's kind of shown that way. But then instead of the way we've described it before, where – 
Barry being shot to death in front of the Salvation Army facility just in his car or as he's getting out of his car, he's killed in a drive-by. A motorcycle assassin essentially comes by and shoots him while he's driving the car. And we noticed that this was the only depiction of Barry Seal's death where he wasn't just in his car or getting out of his vehicle. Mm -hmm. He was actually driving while it was occurring. So to our mind – and to, I guess, to your mind, you should at least know that that's probably not what happened to him. <laughs> um, but at the same time, we, I think it's just interesting to note these connections we've been making here. Before we started this episode, Noel pointed out that he felt like he had already talked about Barry Seal. And then we discussed how in covering Gary Webb, um, who, were, who was the other guy? Bob Mazur. Robert Mazur. And I think there was one other main story that we've spoken about before where it was CIA drug trafficking. Many. Um, Just how common this feels to us. So if that's not really what happened, if it wasn't really a motorcycle drive-by, then what did actually occur? Who killed Barry Seal and why? Here's where it gets crazy. So we talked about that first arrest. And we mentioned that his career changed. After his first arrest in 1974, when Barry got off scot-free, he went face-first into drug smuggling, both for drug cartels and apparently, eventually, for factions of Uncle Sam, the U.S. government. His talent, his bravado, his chutzpah had attracted the attention of the Medellin cartel and their leader, Pablo Escobar, who many of us may recognize from Netflix. It was on Escobar's suggestion that Barry Seal moved his airstrip from Louisiana to uh, kind of a podunk place in West Arkansas. And by the early 1980s, he had orchestrated the importation of thousands of pounds of cocaine and marijuana into the U.S., via this middle-of-nowhere strip in Arkansas. And he started out, as far as we can tell, kind of smuggling marijuana on his own. And then he realized that pound for pound, cocaine is where you get the most gas money. Is he depicted in that Netflix show Narcos? Barry Seal is in Narcos. He is, okay. I'm only seen the first season. It's been a while. Spoiler alert, his death is also portrayed in Narcos. I thought that rang a bell. It's been a long time since I've seen that, but that makes sense. His death has been actually depicted multiple times, which is surprising because he's not a huge public figure today. Uh, and arguably, he should be. He was busted again in Florida in 1983. He was charged with conspiracy to distribute, get this, 462 pounds of coke. That's an estimated street value in 1983 of $168 So just for just for giggles, let's look at how much $168 million in 1983 is worth in 2019. We're going to pull up the number with some help from Mission Control. Can we get a drum roll, please? Just a sound of someone snorting something on a table. Even better. Perfect. I don't know how you found the happy happy medium between those, Paul, but by God, that's why that's why you're a super producer. <laughs> He's shaking his head so hard right now. I know. He, we're going we're gonna to have to take you out to Applebee's to apologize. Here is the answer. $168 million in 1983 has the purchasing power of over $432 million in 2019. So it's more than doubled over that time. He was on the way to becoming a what we would consider a billionaire today. Wow. 
You want to hear something else that might make you chuckle? What's that? Uh, Barry Seal's alias, or one of them, was Ellis McPickle. No. Mm-hmm. Not not Ellis. Ellis McPickle. <laughs> he seems like such a good stand-up guy. It's weird because you wonder why he would need an alias, right? Smugglers often do, but he turned and started working for the feds as an informant. Yeah, because he got caught with $168 million worth of cocaine. So he was either just going to go away forever uh-huh. or he was going to turn and start working for the feds. He got flipped. Yeah. yeah. Hard. He got flipped hard. So the DEA cracked this deal with him. They said, all right, Barry, keep carrying on your business as usual. Keep flying your smuggling routes. We're going to give your plane the exhibit treatment. You know what I mean? We're going to put high-tech surveillance equipment in there, and we're going to pimp your ride to include the most expensive cryptic radio communications we had ever seen at the time, according to DEA agent Ernest Jacobson. And it it paid off. It delivered on his first trip. Oh, yeah. He got some photographs of Cuban officials, Nicaraguan soldiers, and Sandinista government officers hauling duffel bags of cocaine. (laughs) Hauling duffel bags. These are officials. They're just picking them up and loading on the plane. You can see a little bit of footage in this from that NBC clip we played Mm -hmm. earlier. You can Mm -hmm. find it on the YouTube video. It's insane. Um, He even brought back a picture of... This guy, this kind of ghost or um, this myth that exists out there, Pablo Escobar, but he was um, he was in one of those striped polo shirts that mm-hmm, I'd, sure. I can't remember if it was portrayed this way in The Infiltrator, but you've seen media or depictions of Pablo Escobar in this shirt. It's hot down there. <laughs> and uh, Seal's intel then – transformed him into literally the most significant witness in the U.S.'s war on drugs almost overnight. I mean, literally, that's what occurred. The, this this thing we've kind of told you about where he got arrested with all this stuff, got flipped, got his plane pimps, went out there and started doing this stuff, hmm. it was not a long-term situation. It was not a slow burn. You're right, Matt. In fact, the Philadelphia Inquirer later called Seal, quote, the most important witness in the history of the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. Wow. Not in terms of this project, but in terms of the history of the administration. Uh, Can we just talk about the stakes at which he's playing his life right now? Sure. After, you know, having a military career through all that stuff, then flipping to become a drug smuggler, then flipping back Mm. to being an agent. Out of control. Can you imagine, like, how this guy slept at night? No. I seriously can't. I don't know how much he slept. Well, I mean. You think he was uh, getting high on his own supply? Yes. (laughs) Well, but still, though, wouldn't that bring about, wouldn't that enhance the paranoia that you would probably feel in that situation if you're anywhere near a normally functioning? Sure, the lack of sleep know. paired with the effects of the narcotics themselves. I'm sure he was a mess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine just the, the stress. Not long into his career as an informant, trouble begins. There's a front-page story in the Washington Times by journalist Edmund Jacoby, which seems to out seal as a government agent. This is also one of the first public statements that later led to the Iran-Contra scandal. And the DEA said, well, a known snitch is a no-good snitch to us. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, cut him loose. Yep. So they cut him loose. And not long after, the FBI arrests him in Louisiana and the Baton Rouge U.S. Attorney's Office says, we're going we're gonna to put this guy away for being a kingpin. 
He's like, what? Brutal. I'm just flying planes for y'all. And they somehow, in a country that will put people under the prison for like small-time possession, you know, like barely intent to distribute, he was slapped with five years probation and then he had to do six months at a local halfway house. This is kind of like the drug dealer version of a Jeffrey Epstein quote-unquote deal. And that's why he ended up at that Salvation Army on Airline Highway. That was part of his probation. And that's where he was murdered in February of 1986. And he was murdered. But who actually murdered him? We will give you our best guess and warning. Uh, This is a little bit off the edges of the map. So there's some speculation involved. But – You'll learn more after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. 
Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Okay, two things. Let's divide it two ways. Divide and conquer. First, there is the official story. You can't see it here, folks, but I'm sort of waving my right hand in the air. And then there are the conspiracy theories. I'm waving my left hand in the air. Who would have killed Barry Seal and why? The official story is 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 pretty clear. Legally speaking, this is solved. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously having something to do with his involvement with these drug cartels and essentially assisting in bringing them down and, you know, ha- uh, going to give testimony against them. Right. But, I mean, even if he wasn't going to testify, drug cartels don't take kindly to folks that, you know, leave the life, right? Not to mention that they're, like, cooperating with any kind of law enforcement agency. Yeah, yeah the cartels, even back then, were infamous for their brutality, their inhumanity, their cruelty. And being an informant, regardless of which cartel it is, this was Medellin-related, but being an informant is a tremendous, profound sin in the culture of cartels. This means that if you are caught snitching, you uh, the, the thought of a quick, clean death is an unreasonably happy outcome. Pigs will fly before the, – the cleanest way you can die is by your own hand. That's it. If they yeah. know. Well, it's almost – it would be – if you could control how this person dies, it would not be a fast death, right? That's the, uh, that's the idea. Right, because they, 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 the cartel had plans, right? They didn't just want him dead for informing or costing millions in lost product. And let's be honest, that's compounded on millions in bribes because now the, the government officials they're bribing have more leverage to say, oh, well, things are getting a little hot right now, you know, uh, wouldn't want the U.S. president finding out about this. And they're like, come on, Oliver, be cool. Oliver North. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and then let's talk about the situation. He's alone in his car at the Salvation Army. Someone approaches him and shoots bullets into him while he's sitting there in his car. If this were a situation where it was preferable to kidnap him, it seems like that would have been an easy situation to accommodate that. Right, because the way cartels do it, uh, the way cartels handle this stuff internally is they'll put out a bounty and the bounty will have a pricing schedule based on the person being delivered alive, which is preferable, the person being delivered sort of alive but maimed, which is a little bit less, or the person being dead, which is proof of death. You know, you have a body part or a report or something. The cartel wanted him kidnapped so they could slowly torture him, not just to get their uh, giggles and their jollies, but also as an example for other potential turncoats who are also pilots or government affiliates. And maybe even get some information about who he talked to and what, what he told them so they could get a sense of how to get ahead of it, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's assuming that they're not already in cahoots 
with Uncle Sam, right? Yeah. So as you said, Matt, here, here's the evidence. So Colombian assassins were sent by the Medellin cartel. They were apprehended while trying to leave Louisiana shortly after Seal's murder. That's true. The authorities then reasonably concluded Seal's murderers were hired by the Ochoa brothers. These three assassins were indicted on March 27th, 1986. In May of 1987, these three men are convicted of first-degree murder in Seal's death. They are sentenced to life in prison without parole. Their names are Luis Carlos Quintero Cruz, Miguel Velez, and Bernardo Antonio Vasquez. And on March 16, 1986, one month after Seal is assassinated, then-President Ronald Reagan tries to get more congressional support for the Contras, and he is showing off some photographs Seal has taken during his time as an informant. Reagan suggests that a top-ranking Sandinista official is involved in drug smuggling, which is hilarious, and I'm really sad that Reagan's comedy career didn't take off then. He was a man ahead of his time. He did some physical comedy in the, in the movies back in the day, right? Yeah, I mean, he did some, he did some pretty comedic things in, uh, in his time as president, too. Also true. So, okay, should we talk about how we feel about this one yet, or should we just go? I mean, legally speaking, that's true. They were convicted. Well, they were convicted showing that they actually pulled the trigger and knowing that they were trying to leave the country after this guy died. Mm -hmm. It feels like two very different things. But I guess if they were convicted, I don't know the full details. We don't have the full details to lay out here for you about, you know, the uh, weapons that were used and the bullets that were found and trajectory and all of the forensics on that scene. But, you know, okay, that feels plausible. Yes, now we'll enter the realm of what is still oddly <laughs> – sorry, let me be serious when I say this. Uh, now we're entering the realm of what is still oddly enough considered conspiracy theory. What if Uncle Sam was somehow involved? What if the feds were somehow involved? What would their motivation be? The motivation for the cartel is that – uh, this guy was an informant and bad for business and could make business even worse if, as you said, Noel, they got information from him. And he could testify against And he could them. testify, yeah. Uncle Sam's motivation for those who believe that the U.S. was involved in this assassination uh, was that he could – he could <laughs> uh, those benefiting from the snitch would become the victims of the snitch uh, yeah. and that, that Barry Seal wouldn't just give intel to the DEA about – the cartel operations, but he would eventually be in a public court of law saying, yeah, let me name some names of people on the CIA's, uh, you know, their payroll. Let me name some names of the people in the FBI who got me out of all those times I got caught red-handed yeah. with the plane. For real. It, mm. let's, let's go over all this stuff first, then I oh. just want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And one other thing possible involvement in the JFK assassination. Yeah. Because Tosh Plumley, who we mentioned earlier, stated numerous times that he flew a secret flight taking the CIA uh, to the assassination site because the CIA knew that the murder was coming and they actually wanted to prevent it. Whoa. That's Plumtree's statement. According to – let's look at the evidence though. Mm -hmm. OK. So involvement in state-sponsored drug deals and maybe JFK assassination. According to one of SEAL's three wives, Deborah, 
Barry Seal flew a getaway plane out of Dallas after JFK was murdered. Whoa, that's intense. And we have more descriptions. Tosh Plumley pops up again, uh, giving us some details about Barry Seal's previous activity with uh, illegal government projects. <laughs> Barry, Barry Seal did a lot of damn good stuff in the late 60s. In 67 and 68, he was with the Air America in South Vietnam and Laos during search and destroy and special ops with Ted Shackley's boys. Yes. Uh, he'd been recruiting, recruited even, for special ops because of the Cuban thing. Can we just jump in here and talk mm-hmm. about his involvement right there with Air America? Hello. Yeah, let's do it. Hello, everybody. That's the front. Air America in South Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. I mean, remember how he got off scot-free after that first arrest? Well, according to uh, a gentleman named Pete Bruton, uh, who wrote – a book called The Mafia, CIA, and George Bush. Uh, He says, as soon as Seal was freed, he, quote, began working full-time for the CIA, traveling back and forth from the U.S. to Latin America. And then we have a statement from Daniel Hopsicker. Hopsicker claims that Seal was now sheep-dipped into the DEA as an agent for the Special Operations Group. Seal worked under a guy named Lucien Koning, who ran secret missions for the DEA. Sheep-dipped is intelligence community slang, which means to give someone a pretty waterproof, if not ironclad, alternate identity. Wow. So McPickles or whatever. There you go. Hopefully it was better than that one. Uh, so this is weird though. Here's another piece. So those are three pieces of evidence that Uncle Sam may have been involved. The fourth piece, which I think is one of the most difficult to deny, is that despite being apparently a very, very, very valuable asset and witness, he had absolutely no protection when he was out in the field. He had he was out in the wild with no guards and no monitoring. And the local legal machinery caught wind of this and they were livid. After Seal died, Louisiana Attorney General William Goost hand-delivered a letter to U.S. Attorney General Edwin Meese in protest of the government's failure to protect Seal. Goose called him a heinous criminal, but he added, at the same time, for his own purposes, he had made himself an extremely valuable witness and informant in the country's fight against illegal drugs. Barry Seal's murder suggests the need for an in-depth but rapid investigation into a number of areas. Why was uh, such an important witness not given protection whether he wanted it or not? There's still no answer to this question today because if you are if you are an informant like that or an important witness, you don't get to eschew protection. Like you can say no, you can't come in my house for instance, but you can't you can't stop somebody from parking that windowless flower van down the street. Oh, for sure. But no one was there. Sleep at the switch. You know, there's even uh, – there's an attorney who who gives you kind of – it's a great picture of probably what occurred within Barry Seal's life numerous times where he was caught red-handed smuggling drugs. The DEA – the CIA get involved that when they show up, the people who actually were there who said, you know, put your hands up, we found all your drugs, you're under arrest. Mm-hmm. Those guys get told to get the heck out of there while the DEA and C- uh, CIA come through. And, He's out of here. Yeah. And they take over the operation. Then 
who knows what actually occurs to Barry Seal, but it doesn't appear that he's being charged with anything. Nope. So are we complicit here? What gives? Yeah. At this point, again, to be absolutely, and I would argue overly fair, the three cartel assassins are legally considered the guilty parties here. One of them has already died in prison. But it does seem strange if you think about the way organized crime works in this in this you know, in this theater of underground war, it seems very strange that the cartel might risk an assassination when there's already so much heat on seal and so much media attention. Why would you risk angering the world's most dangerous and largest military governmental apparatus if you could find any other possible way to do it? Like, because that that could easily spark a war. So that means that the cartel must have had some sort of internal logic or calculation because they are a rational actor. They must have said uh, this is somehow worth it. Well, for a while there, he is sending a ton of product over into a market for it to be sold, right, for these cartels. So – he is certainly valuable to them. He has whatever connections he needs to have and he's a skilled enough pilot to where he is the guy that they're looking for or but they're they, looking to. They already had plenty of skilled pilots that they could find. They did, but he had some special sauce with connections with people or mm-hmm. something, right? I mean, it has you have to imagine that he there is something special to this guy. Well, it's a combination of the skill and also that chutzpah you were talking about at the top of the show, Ben. I mean, it takes a special kind of bravado to make these flights so regularly and not be, you know, scared of the consequences, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's a valid point and it's something that he supported too in interviews that people had with him before his death. He said, you know, putting yourself in life-endangering situations is what I'm all about. But... Again, it's it's a question. Why would the cartel do such a blatant, obvious hit and get caught and then not – why did the US government take no real action against the cartel? Because they did get caught. The cartel may have had a green light from the US government. That's what a lot of people believe. The Medellin hit story always had this big flaw. Who would try to kill one of the CIA's own? And then this means – that we inevitably trace back the breadcrumbs along or you know the strings along the web and ask ourselves could this be related to the story of the octopus and Danny Casalero or related investigators like Gary Webb uh, both of those men by the way who died under what are arguably mysterious circumstances yeah it really feels like it's connected up to all of these things that we've talked about before this concept of the U.S. military and intelligence agencies, at least factions of them, working with drug cartels, using this money to finance essentially conflict in other countries, in South America and other places for coups. It's like the biggest moneymaker, you know? It, it's, it's crazy. It feels like there's something much, much bigger. I mean, we kind of get we, – we get these tiny little windows, right, through mm-hmm. all these men's stories of the investigators who, who seem to have found something or have worked in some capacity but end up losing their lives. But it, it really does feel like somebody needs to come forward and give a really big picture to what this really looks like. Uh, people have uh, said they were about to and 
you know, we don't know if they all have the same big picture, but one thing's for sure, they keep dying before the word gets out. Yeah, we're su- – I mean, we are certainly not trying to do that. Every- we do not have a big picture. No, yet. we do not know Steve, anything. Steve, an essay intern, we do not. We are just some guys reading stuff on the internet and watching some movies. That's all. Except, well, Paul knows a little more, but he's – oh, no, no, he's saying he doesn't He'll know. never tell, though. He'll never tell. <laughs> so it's it's strange because – we draw to an unhappy conclusion during the bulk of Barry Seal's career. At the time, most people and media outlets refused to acknowledge the CIA's deep involvement in the Central and South American drug trade. You know, the idea that someone was bringing cocaine that would later be made into crack into urban areas in the 80s. Uh, the idea that the government would be at all aware of that was treated as anathema in, in mainstream media. And instead, these accusations would be dismissed as conspiracy theories, which is odd when you think about it, because dismissing that stuff as a conspiracy theory meant those same authorities, the NBCs, the CBSs, and so on, were participating in the very conspiracy they purported to investigate and dismiss. And even now, mentioned this at the top, some people will argue SEAL was never involved with the CIA. And that's based on entirely on a statement in court and the fact that those statements were considered sworn testimony, which is like they put their hand on a book, they said they would tell the truth. And so, an ergo, everything they say after that point must be true. What a broken system. We have a statement uh, from former FBI agent Del Hahn explaining this. The only federal agency SEAL ever worked with was the DEA. SEAL's sworn testimony was that he had no knowledge of ever working for the CIA. In debriefings after his plea bargain, he never told me or anyone else he was a CIA asset or had worked for any agency other than the DEA. Our task force never developed any evidence that the CIA was involved with SEAL in drug smuggling. There is not one iota of credible evidence that SEAL ever worked for the CIA or assisted them in any operations, and the CIA denied any connection with SEAL. Oh, okay. So that solves it. Yeah, I mean, he's under oath, and I guess we we believe him. And the CIA said they didn't do anything. Yeah, of course they did. Why would they do anything? So we do have to note that uh, Han does admit at least four CIA-associated pilots also smuggled various things into and out of South America. So he knew it happened. He's he's not saying it didn't happen. He's just saying that the CIA and SEAL both denied involvement and they couldn't find anything. So he thinks it's not true. But wh- enough about Agent Han. Uh, d- yeah. What do you think? You listening now, would a government agency actually cooperate with a drug cartel to murder one of their own? For believers of certain JFK conspiracy theories, the answer is obvious, but we want to hear from you. And and also, what do you guys think? Is this also kind of almost like a false flag attack where it's like not an attack like in the sense of a war, but it's like a subterfuge, right, where it's like, of course it was the cartel that killed him. Now, all signs point to that, you know, but mm-hmm. it was actually us making it look like it was the cartels that killed him because that was the easiest thing to exp- – you know, that was the easiest, most logical explanation, I guess, right? Well, yeah. the whole thing is a proxy war. That he's getting involved with, whether he knows it or not, and he's playing both sides. It's so tough. It's so tough. You're asking what we think, Ben. So, yeah. so who? Let's let's just put it this way: Is the DEA going to send a crapload of C4 in a plane over to assist either side with Cuba? 
DEA, probably not. CIA? Uh, Shrug.gif. I mean, shrug for sure.gif, but I guess what I'm saying is this this idea that he wasn't working for them in some way, that would entail him working, I guess, for himself directly with, you know, Fidel Castro's crew to bring all that C, the C4 over to well, them? Was he just like a patsy? Was he just kind of like a pawn because he got screwed and then kind of had to continue playing both sides for his own well-being, I guess? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like he was just – it seemed like he was at one point being super clever and then something went wrong and then he – kind of didn't have control over his own destiny anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, also former FBI agent uh, that we talked about earlier, Han, said the evidence indicated if he had not been shot, he already had plans to jump jump probation, leave town, live in Costa Rica, and start cocaine operations up again the next day. He was leaving the next day. Interesting. So it makes you wonder if someone found out about that, <coughs> FBI, and put a stop to it. Um, that's just me talking, by the way. I'm going to say personally my opinion, and I don't want to color. I, I don't want to influence anybody writing into us. We, we want. We do want to hear your takes. But my opinion, based on the stuff we found, is that maybe not the CIA proper, but factions within the CIA or factions within related government agencies absolutely greenlit this death. In 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 the way in such a way that there would be plausible deniability, you know what I mean. I would have to agree with you, Ben, because it. I mean, we've kind of outlined exactly why. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense to just shoot a guy sitting there where he was, you know, in his car where he was. If you really wanted to get revenge on him, how, if, it how, feels more like shutting him up. Yeah. Well, how did the um, how did the cartels do it? Why? I don't know. If it, it feels like I'm not saying the CIA told him to do it, but at the very least, uh, as we say in the South, the CIA, uh, the CIA and the U.S. government did not hurt their neck looking for the responsible parties. And they didn't. They also didn't protect an asset that they had in him. They also didn't retaliate. Yeah, which is weird because we're we're, we're a pretty pro retaliation culture here in the U.S. I don't know. No, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you guys completely. Like it's uh, – there's just no logical way of explaining this whole thing without there being some kind of weird double dealing by our government. The the biggest question for me and yeah. you actually have put this in the end of the outline here, Ben. Mm. The the biggest thing that we kind of glossed over but we we mentioned it for sure – his possible involvement with the JFK assassination? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if that's the reason? I don't know. You know, the the Plumlee story about the CIA attempting to prevent the assassination was fascinating to me. Yeah. I, I think also at times it's tempting for uh, – we've talked about this in the past. It's tempting for us to think of these agencies as monolithic entities. They most certainly are not. Things are very competitive at that level. They're rivals. I'm sure there's more than a bit of ego involved. Anyone is corruptible and people who seem to in public speaking and so on – Get, a, get along well, maybe working backstage uh, for directly um, directly contradictory forces, you know? Well, and we just have to mention here that a human being can be convinced fairly easily 
that one course of action is not only the best course of action, but it is also uh, either just or it is um, – I, I don't know how to, how to put this correctly – that the, it, doing A is the right thing to do and we have to do A in order to achieve our goals, right? Sure. And the greater good argument. The greater good argument can be so many different things for one situation um, that you could have factions – who are simultaneously within the CIA attempting to – this is just hypothetical. Sure, sure. Uh, factions within the CIA attempting to assassinate the president while at the same time a faction of the CIA is attempting to stop the, the other part of the CIA from assassinating the president, whether they know the other one is doing right. the other or not. There are some true blue idealists or patriots and then – I don't know. The scary thing about so much congressional testimony, especially when you get to – uh, private and public entities cooperating, which is just the, the uh, drug cartels of business. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, its products may differ from Halliburton, but that doesn't mean it's all. They're not both international businesses, and the failure to realize that leads to a great many problems in discourse today. If you see those congressional testimonies, they're chilling because a lot of what people describe as the greater good means taking something that will be good for me and making it great, other people be damned. There's a ton of narcissism in this kind of stuff. And yeah, it's disgusting and reprehensible to see it justified, quote unquote, as like, oh, we're we're fighting communism. That's why I need a million dollars or whatever. And it's it's just a it's a macrocosmic view of what happens in a microcosmic way every single day of uh, of a person's life. I'm not saying that every person listening does that sort of thing. I'm saying that you certainly know someone who has screwed you or people you care about over because they saw a greater good and they thought – like no one thinks they're the bad guy. It's all for the greater good all the time. The person who steals handicapped parking spaces, the, the psychological engine is the same. It's a me, me, me thing. Sure. Uh, and I guess the scary thing is that you can convince people with the perhaps false motivation there of fighting communism – you can convince people that that is the true thing you're fighting for and then you can get people to do things for you. For our interest, for mm -hmm. national security. I don't know. What What do you folks think? Yes, please write to us. We You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook where we're Conspiracy Stuff. We are Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram. You guys have your own Instagrams, right? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Brown. And you can find me at Ben Bolin on Instagram and at Ben Bolin HSW on Twitter. If you don't like social media, you can give us a call. Your comments might get on the air. Tell us about what you think about this episode. Tell us what you think about some other topic or some topic you'd like for us to dig into. Uh, really anything you want to do. Just a personal message for one of us. Do it. We don't care. Sing a song. Do a dance. Wait, I was going to do the whole lyrics, but I don't, I don't know them. Make a little love. Oh, get down tonight? Is that the one? Well, don't do that. Just leave a message and you might get on the air. That's that's the whole thing. Here's our number. 1-833-STDWYTK. Hey, do us a solid. Leave us a review on whatever podcast platform of choice you consume this podcast on, especially if it's Apple Podcasts because that's the one that really lets people discover the show and kind of gives the algorithm a kick in the pants on our behalf because, yeah, we could definitely use some more reviews for the size of the show and how many of you are listening. I would say we're a little lighter 
on the review. So do us a solid and make us a, make us a nice one. And if none of that quite bags your badgers, we have good news. There is one other way that you can communicate with us aside from meeting at midnight at a crossroads. You can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now.